and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Tara Rye. And today we're kicking off a great series on women of the Bible, various fears they may have experienced, and how God met them with grace and love. We all want to be fully known, but I think we fear that at the same time. We fear that if people knew our past sins, our struggles, our weaknesses and insecurities, that they would reject us or maybe use that information against us or lose respect for us. And so we all have parts of us that we try to hide, but when we hide, we tend to live in isolation and we don't feel like we are fully known and we can't feel fully loved if we don't feel fully known. Hmm. Jennifer, that just resonates completely with me. In fact, as you were just saying that, I was thinking, oh my goodness, how many years did I spend so afraid to tell people my story? I can't change my story. I can't change who I am. I can't change what I have experienced, but I felt like I had to hide and keep others from knowing what I had been through because I was afraid that if they knew me and knew what I'd been through, they wouldn't like me. They wouldn't approve of me. And even though, um, I was in church and with the body of Christ and knew that the church is my tribe. These are my people. I was still afraid to allow them to know me. I, I had been through a really bad divorce and, uh, the circumstances, I don't know. I just, in some ways I felt like I felt as if I was experiencing movie scenes, things you would see on TV. It shouldn't be happening in reality. And I had come to a place where I had to remove myself and get divorced because I wasn't safe. And among other things that occurred, But because of that, I felt like I had a huge scarlet D on me and that nobody would want me. I, there was, I was done with men that there was no way that I would have uh, relationships. I just, I felt so ashamed and I felt like I had to hide what I had been through for fear that I wouldn't be accepted. But then God and his sweet gift of seeing us where we're at, he allowed me to meet this guy at church. And in one phone conversation, he somehow, without me even thinking about it or realizing it, asked me for four dates that covered six weeks. It just, he was pretty bold. And so it was meeting his, his family. It was meeting his work colleagues. It was meeting his church friends and then a one-on-one date. And it didn't even occur to me until after the phone call, what had happened. I, Cause I was just not thinking this is the route I'm going to go now. And then from that moment forward, I was determined I'm getting rid of this good old Baptist boy. He is gone and I I can't because if he knew me, he wouldn't want anything to do with me. And, and so he showed up at my apartment, little teeny tiny place, little 500 square feet, uh, Pepto-Bismol pink walls and ceiling. It was bad. Indoor, outdoor, blue carpet. So hideous, but it was my space and it was my safe place. And he had flowers in his hand and a smile when he showed up at the door 
And I'm like, I have to talk to you. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and go in and sit in my little space at my little bistro table. And without thinking, I just blurted out, I'm divorced. And he kind of just looked at me and he said, God forgives you. Why wouldn't I? And in that moment, I felt this massive hot air balloon that I had out over me just explode. And Greg didn't know my story. It wasn't that he was saying that I was in sin and had to be forgiven. But what he was letting me know is that God forgives all things. And that's not something he would hold against me because God wouldn't hold it against me. And it makes me wonder, anybody out there, do you ever feel like you're afraid or you have to hide or you're ashamed and if people knew you they wouldn't want to know you that's what I had gone through and you know I think a lot of times that must have been really hard but then also very freeing and your story reminds me of how God responded to Eve when she was in her own place of hiding now Eve she was hiding because of things she had actually done but God's response to her was the same. And so some of you may be familiar with, they call it the Adam and Eve story or the creation story. God created this amazing world free of sin, of death, of fear, of insecurity. And he created the first humans, a man and a woman to live in that world and to be in perfect relationship with one another and with him. And he said, okay, you can, you can enjoy everything here. I mean, I'm just picturing like watermelon and peaches and pecan. They could eat whatever they wanted without hesitation, without hindrance, except for one tree. And God said, if you eat that one tree, you will die. Well, they made a poor choice and they chose the one thing that God had said not to eat from. And they ate of that tree. And the minute they did, it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the minute they did, they did receive that knowledge that they thought they wanted. They realized once they received it, It wasn't a knowledge they wanted because now they knew in a way they never should have what evil was like, what sin was like. And immediately shame consumed them. And so they hid and they tried to cover up their shame and and they hid from God, their creator, the one who loved them. And in scripture, in Genesis 3, we can see in detail what happened when God showed up. So let's see what it has to say. Genesis 3, 8 says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you were in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, 
Cursed are you above all livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And you know, that's a really dark place in scripture, actually, if you think about it. But then it also speaks of such hope when it says Genesis 3.15, that last verse you read, which is a, a prediction, a prophecy of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ one day would come and conquer sin for good. And he did, praise God. But I wonder what that account would have sounded like to the ancient Israelites, because they were the the first audience to hear that story. And they came out of a pagan environment where in Egypt, where they worshiped all of these false gods, very fickle human-like gods. They were made in human likeness. And so you mess up and you're, you're in trouble. And that was, I think they were used to sin equals retaliation, sin equals separation. And then in this story, God does not respond how you would anticipate him responding. He doesn't, does he? And so when I was studying this in preparation for us to do this podcast, I caught something I had never caught before. And I can't tell you how many times, Jennifer, I have done this one passage of scripture with students and having them practice over and over. And I might in one class hear them tell this 20 times in one hour. And I've never caught this until this time. God doesn't question the serpent. He questions Adam and Eve. But when he does it, it's in gentleness. It's in kindness. It is full of grace. It is in welcome and including them into a relationship. So that in this moment, they have discovered evil, the knowledge of evil. And they're hiding because of shame. And yet God said, where are you? And then he asked the question to find out, what have you done? He allows them to come back into relationship. He doesn't allow them to stay hidden and he doesn't allow them to stay in their shame. And I love this because this is the beginning of what will be fulfilled with Christ. And that the whole point of Christ coming and dying on the cross is that God wants that relationship with us. He does not want to be apart from us. And so he's going to do whatever it takes to have that relationship. And that's what we have to do for one another. And you know what's beautiful? In this story, Adam and Eve messed up, but God is the initiator of reconciliation. He He moved toward them. And he, like you said, he brought out those questions to help reveal their sin. So it could get out in the open. Like, let's deal with this. Let's talk about this so it doesn't enslave you anymore. And I know sometimes people can be afraid when God will convict them of sin. And the reaction might be to want to hide. But they have to recognize God's loving, merciful character. That he is bringing them to a place of freedom. That's his heart. And so letting him in, it might feel frightening, but it leads to freedom. And I love this passage. It's one of my favorite in scripture. It's Psalm 32, one to two. And it said, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. And I love how the new living translation actually puts it, who lived their lives with complete honesty. And there's, that's what grace does, right? It allows us to be completely honest because we have nothing to hide. 
I absolutely love this because in that moment of God asking them, where are you? He's giving them the freedom to begin that relationship again, to have that conversation. God begins the journey of, okay, this is the process now for restoration to take place. And so if we went into the rest of the passage, we would see he then says, this is what's going to happen because there are consequences, but I love you so much. I'm going to sew you clothes and I'm going to cover you. What you're trying to hide, I'm going to give you the covering that you need so that you can find healing. And that's the gift he gives us that if we don't hide from what we have done or what we've been, what has been done to us, we bring that before God, then we can find, we can find the freedom that he wants to give us. And you know, it transforms into our relationships with others as well. I know for me, once I really began to understand grace and then I started, I know you, I've heard you talk before about soul talk and I love your phrasing of that. But once I started reminding myself of grace, so I would go through this pattern where I would do something or someone would, would confront me honestly on a behavior. My initial reaction was fear to become defensive and to pull away and to hide. And then God began to switch my thinking where one time I had this thought, like when, when somebody was confronting me with things, again, I wanted to be defensive. And then I, I just thought, well, but Jesus knows this. Jesus loves this. He loves me. He paid for all of this and he's helping me. And I was able to respond just that idea of, yeah, I'm not there yet. But it's okay because God is with me right now. And in that moment, the whole conversation changed. Completely because it changed your heart and your attitude and that you were willing to walk in the freedom that was being given. When my children were little, they used to tell me, I hate it when you tell me I do something wrong. And I'm like, yeah, I hate that too. But if I don't tell you, how can you learn to do right? And that was huge in a moment for my children. Well, it's the same for me as an adult. If I don't know what I have done wrong, how can then I learn to do what is right? And, and so it's actually a grace gift when it has done with the right heart and in love. And that's how God approaches us. It's in gentleness. Where are you? What have you done? He's not coming in condemnation. He's coming and welcoming a relationship. You know, and I would say to our listeners who are just kind of coming to know like who God is and separating, just like the ancient Israelites, they had to see a different God than maybe they thought he was. And that's a big part of their journey. I would encourage you just ask him, just say, you know, God, show me who you are and just have the courage to step out of your shame and to just take one more step towards freedom. I really thank you for listening today. I hope our conversation that it deepened your understanding of God, maybe just gave you a desire to get to know him better. He loves to reveal himself to us. So just ask him and he absolutely will. And I hope it inspired you to rest more fully in his grace. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. I would also love it if you would rate this podcast. That encourages us and it helps others to find it as well. Until next time, may you live with the courage of one who truly has been set free. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network.
If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.